Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit LeiaHealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. I have a question. Well, it's not a question, it's more of a fact. Are you like me? Do you have difficulty putting down your phone and checking your social media? Because I have some news. It's going to make you feel a bit better, a little bit happier to know it's not entirely your fault. Well, that makes me feel better anyway. My next guest, okay, is Nir Eyal. And he's a best-selling author, lecturer, and part of Netflix smash hit documentary, The Social Dilemma. And he is here to explain just how these companies make their products so addictive and what we can actually do to make ourselves a little bit better with the way that we use them. Nir, thank you so much for taking the chat time to chat with me this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I am so intrigued to talk to you about this because I will fully admit I think I have a massive addiction to the phone and social media. And I do it at the most inappropriate times. I am that middle of the night scroller when I get up to go to the bathroom. I do it at all the times you're not supposed to. So I have to just dive right in with a question to ask, am I in full control of how much time I am spending on social media? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think the the I would refer you to the quote by Henry Ford that says, whether you think you can or you cannot, you are right. Oh. So the first step is understanding what we are willing to do. And unfortunately, most people, uh, myself included, before I learned how dangerous this is, use this language of addiction. We say we're addicted. Addiction comes from the word slave in Latin, addictio. So the biggest mistake that many of us make, and again, I'm, I'm patient zero here. I went through this myself. That's why I wrote this book that took me five years to write because I kept getting distracted when I was writing my book, <laughs> Indistractable. But when I finally figured out the biggest lesson that I learned was that we are succumbing to this propaganda, frankly, that we're powerless. And that is our biggest mistake. When you think there's nothing you can do, when we say we're addicted, the war's over. We've lost because okay. what do people do when they think they can't do anything? Nothing. They give up. So that's the first step is to believe you can do something about the problem. Okay. Okay. And then what? And then what? <laughs> well, then it's about defining what is traction and what is distraction, right? They're opposites. People think the opposite of distraction is focus. It's not. The opposite of distraction is traction. Traction is anything that you plan to do. Distraction is anything that you that is not that, anything that you not, did not plan to do. So the biggest mistake you can make is have a big white space, open calendar full of nothing. Because then you have no right to say you got distracted unless you know what you got distracted from. So put time in your calendar for the things that are important to you, whether it's time with family, put it in your calendar, time with your mates, put it in your calendar, time to exercise, eat right, meditate, pray, play video games and go on social media. The biggest mistake people make is they use these devices when they feel bad. They call these internal triggers, uncomfortable emotional states. I feel bored, I check my phone. I feel lonely, I check social media. Mm. I feel uncertain, I check the news. That is the biggest mistake you can make. Don't let the internal triggers become, the, the with social media and technology, become pacification devices because you don't want to feel the icky, sticky, uncomfortable feelings that come with being human. Instead, put the time for these distractions in your calendar, that's how you turn them into traction. So I need to put the time aside to scroll. That's exactly right. So don't check it when you're feeling bored and lonesome or indecisive and stressed and anxious. That's when they've got you. You want to do it when it says eight o'clock 
to nine or whatever amount of time is consistent with your values and your lifestyle, whatever you think is the amount of time you want to spend on social media, put it in your calendar. This does two things. One, it gives you a time so that you don't have to constantly check all day. And two, it lets your brain relax knowing that time is coming. You don't have to constantly think, ooh, when can I check? When can I check? You know when you're going to check. It's already in your schedule. And it, the funny thing is, I think I personally only became aware of it when I accidentally left my phone at home. And I spent the entire morning and afternoon reaching for something that wasn't there. And I had no mm. idea how often I was reaching for it until right. it wasn't there because when I when I have it and I reach for it and it's there you, you get that instant satisfaction and the gratification you're using it and you don't think twice about it but when it's right. not there and you keep getting the rejection of it you really you really clock up how often you are reaching it's it's so true and we, you know people tend to blame the pings the dings the rings studies find they only account for 10% of our distractions 10% of the time you check your phone is it because of some kind of external trigger a ping a ding a ring 90% of the time 90% of the time we check our phones it's not because of an external trigger it's because of an internal trigger exactly as you said the phone wasn't even there and you were still checking it why I don't because know. of a feeling because you wanted to check it when you were feeling bored, lonesome, scared, uncertain, uh, uh, stressed, anxious. It, it, we have to understand distraction is not technology's fault. Okay, it's not it's not your fault either, but it is your responsibility. Because who other who else's responsibility is going to be? Are the tech companies going to fix this problem for us? No. Is the government going to fix the problem? No. What we have to do is to understand that distraction. It's not a moral failing. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not addicted. It's simply that you haven't learned how to deal with uncomfortable emotional states in a healthy way that leads you towards traction rather than what most distractible people do is we try and escape these uncomfortable sensations with distraction. So I suppose is what you're saying we need to recognize our triggers. So if I'm if I'm sitting there at the computer and I think, oh, I'm just, I, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I'll pick up my phone and go for a scroll on Instagram. Maybe... I need to check myself in that moment and say, why don't I go for a little walk around instead? Could be, could be. I, 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 that's not my favorite technique because that requires a lot of effort. So people tend to not go for a walk. <laughs> okay, okay. And frankly, and frankly, that can also be a distraction. Remember, the definition of a distraction is anything that takes you away from traction, anything that is not what you said you were going to do with your time and attention. So in my book, Indistractable, I give dozens of different techniques you can use. One of my favorite techniques is called the 10-minute rule. The 10-minute rule acknowledges that you can give in to any distraction. Now, that distraction can be social media. It can be that cigarette if you're trying to quit smoking. It can be that uh, cake if you're trying to lose weight on a diet. Anything that is not what you said in advance that you wanted to do, you can give in to it. Okay, You're a full-grown man or woman. You can do whatever you want, but not right now. You can give in in 10 minutes. And so what that does by just saying, and if 10 minutes is scary, if that's too much, say five minutes, okay, say two minutes. The idea here is what you want to do over time is build this muscle, build this realization. Wait a minute. I'm not addicted. You know why? Because an addict can't wait 10 minutes, right? So you're proving to yourself, actually, I do have control. I can wait 10 minutes. And guess what? After 10 minutes, maybe in a few weeks, it'll be 12 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. So you're building that muscle, that belief in yourself that you control these devices, they don't have control over you. But the social media companies do, I mean, you have to admit they make the apps very addictive. 
Of course, of course. Um, and guess what? All media is potentially addictive. In fact, anything that is an analgesic, anything that solves pain is itself addictive. We have people, a case of getting people getting addicted to sniffing glue and paint and uh, 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 Harlequin novels. And you mention it. I mean, whatever the case, anything that solves discomfort is potentially addictive. And of course, the social media companies are experts at this. All media is potentially addictive, right? If someone listens to the news too much, we call those people news junkies, right? So, uh, you know, anything can pretend, any form of media can be potentially addictive. And I would argue that that doesn't mean the form of media is bad. In fact, the opposite, it means it's engaging. What are we gonna say, hey, Netflix, stop making your show so interesting. Uh, hey, radio broadcaster, please stop being so entertaining. No, that's ridiculous. So this is a personal responsibility issue if we take responsibility to know that, look, it's not our fault. It's not your fault that Facebook exists. It's not your fault that that uh, the television has interesting programs on it, but it is your responsibility. But how do they do it? Like, can I recognize what they're doing that's addictive? In, like with the social media apps, with Instagram, with Twitter, with mm. or X, um, TikTok, what are they doing that hooks well, me in? It's what we are doing with them. So just the fact that we carry around a constant uh, television screen in our pocket, right? When we were kids, this would have been a miracle, right? The fact that you know, you're in Ireland, I'm in Singapore, the fact that we're talking right now live for free through our magical device boxes. I mean, this is, this is science fiction. We should be incredibly thankful that we have these devices. But the price of progress, the price of living in an age with so much amazing technology is that we have to learn how to deal with the, how engaging these are. So of course, they use all kinds of tricks and hacks that have been around forever, right? For example, one of them is variable rewards. What makes a story interesting is the fact that we don't know how the story is going to end. What makes for a good book? What makes for a good movie? What makes for a good social media feed is uncertainty. And so that's nothing new. It's not, you know, it's it's not that they're using mind control. It's not that they're addicting people. It's just that they're designing products that are built to be engaging. That's why we use them. And can they predict our behavior? Well, they can certainly try and influence our behavior. Um, it's not mind control, right? We're not puppets on a string, but they certainly want their products to be as engaging as possible. Just like, you know, if you went to a bakery, uh, the baker is going to make its, his or her cakes delicious so that you eat more of them. Now, if you eat too many of them, you're going to get overweight and you're going to get diabetes. Uh, so it, it's it's not the baker's job, I think, to make the products less uh, less engaging. Unless, of course, I will add one caveat. I think children deserve special protections. Mm. I think people who are pathologically addicted also deserve special protections. But for the rest of us, it really is a personal responsibility issue. The good news is that with a few, in a few minutes, any of us can learn. The problem is most of us, we love complaining about it. We love saying, oh, it's Mark Zuckerberg's fault. It's the media company's fault. It's the news's fault. It's all their fault. None of it's my fault. None of it's my responsibility. And, and I think that's a step too far because there is so much we can do to become indistractable. Okay. Well, give me your top three things to do. Sure. I'll give you four. So the big four Even strategies- better. Even better. Step number one is to master internal triggers. You have to have a plan in place so that when you feel bored, when you feel lonely, when you feel indecisive, uncertain, anxious, when you feel these internal triggers, are you going to escape it with too much news, too much booze, too much football, too much Facebook? Or do you use that discomfort like rocket fuel to propel you towards traction rather than trying to escape it with distraction? So you need tools in your toolkit ready to go that are healthy behaviors that you can do on the spot. And I give you dozens of them in my book, Indistractable. That's step number one. Master internal triggers or they become your masters. None of the other tips and tricks will work if you don't first understand that distraction is an emotion regulation problem. That's step number one. Step number two, make time for traction. 
You cannot say you got distracted unless you know what it distracted you from. I'll say that again. You can't say you got distracted unless you know what it distracted you from. So unless you're able to say, oh, I wanted to do this, but I did something else, you didn't get distracted, <laughs> right? So just because you check social media, if you didn't have anything on your calendar, what did you get distracted from? So this is very simple. It's called making an implementation intention. And it's just a fancy way of saying, planning out what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. So planning out a time box calendar, very simple technique, unbelievably effective. The third step is to hack back external triggers. So all those pings, dings, and rings, mm. the beauty of these devices that we have in our pockets is that they come pre-installed with ways to turn them off. We can use do not disturb settings. We can use apps that block other apps. There's so many free products and services. Many of them come with our iPhones, with our Google devices. We just have to freaking use the, the settings that are already on devices. And I show you exactly how to do that. That's kindergarten stuff. What is much more uh, of, of a problem is you know, the fact that our bosses can be a distraction. Our kids can be a distraction. So that's where we have to go systematically step-by-step step, through each one of these external triggers. And then the last step is to prevent distraction with pacts. Pacts are like a firewall against distraction. It's the last line of defense. So if any everything else breaks down and you find yourself suddenly clicking on something you didn't intend to, there are products and services out there that keep you in the mode of work, doing what you said you were going to do. So when you use those four steps in concert, master internal triggers, make time for traction, hack back external triggers, and prevent distraction with packs, anybody can become indistractable. Well, we've got a text in saying that you're talking pure sense. Um, this ah, te this texter said, I quit cigarettes on a very simple and similar process to what's been spoken about. Excellent. Yeah, I love to hear it. And that's that that just warms my heart. You just made my day. That's nothing is better for an author. And and it's so true. You know, a lot of people who who do quit what they otherwise would call an addiction, when they wake up and realize, wait a minute, we have a lot more agency, a lot more power than we think. And we start setting an example for others. You know, when we talk about children, if you think that the world is distracting now, just wait a few years with augmented reality and virtual reality and everything that's happening in reality reality, the world is only going to become a more distractible place. So Which is terrifying, I think. And, it, and it's inevitable. So we have to teach our kids how to be indistractable because there will be two types of people in the world, people who allow their time and attention to be controlled and manipulated by others and people who say, no, I will decide for myself how I control my time and attention because I am indistractable. So it's, prob it's important to try and implement these things as early as possible in life. Absolutely. Yeah, because it really is a macro skill, right? You can't learn a new skill. You can't um, uh, be great at your job. You can't get in physical shape uh, and eat right if you can't sustain your time, your focus, and your attention. It's it's the skill of the century. It's absolutely fascinating. And it's definitely made me feel better about using my phone. Now, Nir, I know you're very busy and in demand. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today and give us those insights. Um, tell us the name of the book again. Absolutely. It's called Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. And well worth reading for so many different reasons. Nir, thanks a million for chatting with us. Anytime. Thank you. That was Nir Eyal, best-selling author, lecturer and part of Netflix smash hit documentary The Social Dilemma. Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit leiahealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always.